Count Wrestling is brought to you in part by Handsome Jason's Family Style IPA. Using only the finest hops handpicked after 3 a.m. by Jason himself, cultivated with spearmint, pumpkin, a dash of cantaloupe, and water sourced directly from El Pond, Handsome Jason's Family Style IPA is a refreshing memory of summer's past, whether it be at the baseball game, taking a tour of a meat house, walking alone on the beaches of Cape Cod, or just considering changing your religion for a woman. Handsome Jason's Family Style IPA is the perfect choice. After all, every IPA, IPA tastes the same. Prove us wrong. And now, enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to, once again, to Ten Count Wrestling. We are here, coming to you somewhat live from the Palace of Virtue. As always, I am the man who got expelled from the old school Chris Parcella, and alongside me, as always, is the Harry to my Marv, the tenth wonder of the world, Justin Strem. Strem, how are we doing today, brother? I am doing great, Chris. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Thanks for the shout-out to Jason Mowbray. He was like, you know, you go to a wedding and you've taken pictures before... And there's always one person that's somehow missing. Well, that was Jason Mowbray this weekend. And I don't know where the hell he went. Everything was in the same building in almost the same two rooms. So That doesn't uh, surprise me. There's always one. Of course, uh, Pete cannot be with us today. He flaked out at the last second to go to some vendor's thing. I don't yeah. know. Just Mr. 305 Live being Mr. 305 Live. <laughs> and of course, um, the man who gravity remembered, John Tremblay, cannot be with us today. Because he's no longer allowed to leave his house due to Caitlin's law. Um, in all seriousness, we want to congratulate the happy couple on their uh, recent nuptials and their wedding. And Caitlin, uh, in the words of Ellie Sattler from Jurassic Park, run. <laughs> run. Run. Yeah. What a great wedding. It was a blast. Uh, pretty much the whole 10-count team was there. Another, Except- another member of the 10-count family has been married off. Yes, Exactly. So Two was, more to go. Yeah, great speech by Pete. Um, oh, yeah. Great, great night. Pete Congratulations. Full heel turn on us. He did. Uh, speaking of the wedding, fan of the week has got to be father of the groom, Chuck mm-hmm. Tremblay, mm-hmm. and father of the bride, Stu Mowbray. Yes. I mean, give it up to the dads. Uh, <laughs> Chuck, you finally got rid of John. Yeah. Only the rest of us could be so lucky. <laughs> but a great party put on by the parents. Yeah. Was- thank you to... All involved. It was a great time. Yeah. Our first tandem fan of the week. And uh, hopefully Chuck stays awake long enough to listen to this. I think if John tells him he listened to it, Chuck will listen to the first five minutes. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm done. What are they doing? Yeah, exactly. Now they're going to talk about wrestling. I also had the pleasure of finally meeting uh, Pete's dad, Mr. K. Oh, yeah. What a guy. Oh, he's something, isn't he? He he wanted to talk to me about Spiros... uh, Arion, the the famous Greek wrestler, and oh, wow. when he heard that I was the other wrestling guy, he's like, "Oh Jesus Christ, another one of them." Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was a great it was a great time. The whole ten count family yeah. was in full force. Yeah, good to see Tony Karras, and good to see uh, Pete's mom as well, Angela. Yes. Who? Funny story. We used to joke that she was like a hologram. Like uh, Tupac, because we would go over the house and we would just hear a voice from upstairs yell. She never would come down. Okay. She'd just be like, "Yeah, Pete, da, 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 and we, we were convinced it was just Pete's dad throwing his voice. That's outstanding. Yeah, but she does exist. She does. She yeah. does indeed. Um, before we get to the list, uh, you know, it, it's November twenty-first. We were scheduled to tape last week. Schedules got mixed up. No big deal there. But I just wanted to mention. Uh, Last week, you know, bring back a little This Month in Wrestling History, 
Yeah. Last week, November 13th, marked the anniversary of the passing of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Eddie would have been 52 this year. Obviously would have been a trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been nice to see him induct himself into the Hall of Fame. I could just... I just think of what Eddie could have been doing. Like, imagine if Andrade actually had, like, Eddie there to help yeah. him. Um, and I know we'll do an Eddie list, you know, a full Eddie episode in the future. Yeah. Um, but real quickly, you know, when when you hear the name Eddie Guerrero, like, what, do you, like your your big, your first three, like, things, like, yeah. Eddie Guerrero, what, what do you think of immediately? I think of uh, him coming out in the uh, the car. The lowrider? The lowrider. Okay. And just smiling, and uh, I think of the the raw after he passed away, and how it was very much like not since Owen had I seen people like just crushed. You yeah, know, it, it was, was gut wrenching. Yeah, like it's it's always sad when somebody passed away. Don't right. get me wrong, but this he was in his prime. He was on top of the world. Yeah, he was he was clearly loved by most of the locker room, if not all. So the people were destroyed. So I remember that uh, being very sad. Um, and then I remember probably WrestleMania 20 jumps, jumps right out. Oh yeah. Um, with, uh, he who shall not be named. That's right. But you know, they were good friends and that was, that was quite a moment. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some China jumps into my mind. Of course, uh, Rey Mysterio in the, the first ever child custody on a pole match. Beautiful stuff. You know, all good stuff. Yeah. That's basically exactly what I had. His Latino heat stuff with China, you know, WrestleMania 20. Um, again, we don't mention the other name, but two guys of their size who, 10 years prior, their size and style would really be dismissed. You know, yeah. 94, Brett was champ, and Sean was not too far to follow, but yep. WWF was still the land of the Giants. It was Diesel, it was Undertaker, it was Yokozuna, it was yeah. um, the patron saint of 10-cut wrestling, Sid. Yes, it um, was. You know, and these, these little guys, it was like, okay, they... They do have what it takes to, to run with it. Um, yeah. And I think if it weren't for guys like you-know-who and Eddie, um, the yeah. Daniel Bryans, the AJ Styles, the CM Punks, the Adam Cole babies <laughs> of the world, you know, yeah. wouldn't be in the position that they are. The cream always rises to the, rises to the top, but sometimes Mr. McMahon puts yeah. a lid on the coffee cup and the cream doesn't get to right. squirt out, if you will. Yeah, we've seen... Guys that were that probably could have uh, held the world title in the eighties and, and such. Mm, we're looking at a guy right now. We've got the ninety four uh, Survivor Series on in the background, mm-hmm. and Owens in the ring. Who, I mean, there's a reason he was my number one on that. You know, a couple weeks ago. Yep. He's the epitome of a guy who just didn't have the size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was on the on the roll. Um, my third big memory is the debut of the Radicals when they showed up. And all that shit went down. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. That's just, that was a, you know, industry-changing moment. Yep. It's funny how you mentioned, um, you know, people, everyone liked them, and, you know, mm-hmm. we don't really hear anything bad about them. There's a great story that, I forget who tells it, but it's about a time Eddie and Kurt got into, like, a fist fight mm-hmm. backstage, and afterwards, like, obviously, Angle kicked his ass because right. he's an <laughs> Olympic gold medalist. Right. And Eddie just goes, oh, I'm sorry. I know I just get stupid sometimes, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. And that's just like, that's that's Eddie Guerrero. Um, yeah. I think so, I heard that on Jericho's podcast, man. I feel like it's a story Pritchard tells. Yeah. Because um, he was, he does the Eddie voice a lot. Yeah, maybe it was. I can't, and I still can't believe that's Rikishi. Like. Yeah. 
He looks so small. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just so weird. I think he broke his ankle right there. Yeah, he might have. Uh, um, or he's selling. So, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I enjoy the career retrospective list we've done. Owen, we've done Kurt Angle. Yep. Um, so I think uh, Eddie's one. Um, you know, maybe we'll do it on his birthday or there's you know next year at at this time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we're going to get a Hall of Famer this year. Yeah, it'll be worthy of a career retrospective. I'm not sure who it is. Yeah. Hopefully, it won't be Dwayne. Um, <laughs> but it'll be what it is. Uh, moving on, the big news in the wrestling industry. My man is back. Oh, wow, yeah, he's back. Yeah, and yes, for all of you who want to send your hate mail and call me a hypocrite. I welcome it because I have said since day one, I don't care what I say about Dwayne, if CM Punk ever comes back, I will cheer the loudest for him. <laughs> He's back on backstage. It's been great both times. Yep. And it's only a matter of time mm-hmm. before we see him in the ring. I truly believe that. Wow. And I'm so happy. Yeah. I mean, that that's the, uh, the, the olive uh, branch, right? It, he... Out of nowhere, by the way, it was very... I mean, there have been rumors since he left, so right. I, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, but, you know, to show up at such a strange moment, like, there's no crowd there, it seemed like Paige and others were had no idea. Renee Young's the only one that knew. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, so, they wanted this so guarded. Yeah. Renee Young is the only one on that set hmm. that knew. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, because we got Paige basically... Marking out. Yeah, losing it. Being, no way. And then it's really... There's some footage that they sh- that you can see, like, behind-the-scenes footage. And Samoa Joe's trying to hold a smirk, because he's Samoa Joe. Yeah. But Joe and Punk go back to 03. Yeah. Like, they came up together. So right. you can see how happy Joe is. And Adam Cole's, like, playing air guitar. Like, he's Kyle O'Reilly during the entrance. <laughs> like, Adam Cole is super excited. <laughs> um, that's... That's, That's my huge. dream match right now, by the way. Okay. Because I've seen Punk and AJ live. Yeah. You know, it was way before either one of them hit their like main stride. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that match before. Um, would it be really fun to see a much more mature AJ Styles versus a much more mature CM Punk? Absolutely. But my favorite wrestler from 2003 until 2014 when he left, mm-hmm. up against my favorite wrestler since 2000. 15, the first time I saw Cole. So there's a one-year gap where I was a lost soul. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, Adam Cole, baby, versus CM Punk would be so Yeah, I hope so. Good. I really For anybody so. like the God of Hellfire, Punk's too old, how old is AJ Styles? The same yeah. goddamn age. Oh, really? Yeah, they're that, both that 40 and 41. Both. I was so going to say both around 40. Punk's got a couple of years left. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if he gets the, the Brock deal or the Jericho deal. Punk can, yeah. Punk can do that. Tom Brady style until he's 50. Yeah, oh, easily. I mean, Chris Jericho is almost 50, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's still very serviceable in the ring. And, uh, you know, Punk doesn't partake in the, the bubbly and the yeah, uh, the yeah boys, the Grey Gooses on ice. So he's, you know, probably in better shape than most 25-year-olds. Yeah, that, absolutely, for sure. I mean, if, if Michaels can take a couple of years off yep. to get his body and mind in order... And he was on a bunch of shit. Just right. imagine what a guy like CM Punk, who oh, yeah. has stayed relatively in shape because, you know, he was fighting. Yeah. If you call what he ended up doing. Fighting. Right. Um, <laughs> Jobbing at the yeah. UFC. So it could be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. That leads us to this weekend. Yes. Survivor Series. Survivor Series. 
I'm so goddamn excited for this year's Survivor Series. Yeah, it's the you, most excited I've been in a very long time. You uh, you said this weeks ago, you're like, Survivor Series is going to be awesome, even when the card wasn't fully put together. Now, if you remember, when we had Brian on the show six months ago, mm-hmm. what was one of my pitches? NXT versus yeah. Raw versus SmackDown at Survivor that's, Series. Yeah, that's a great point. That was one of my pitches. Yep. It's not exactly how I... I it, well, it's almost... It's almost 100% how I spelled it out. Um, wow. With the exception of, instead of having the three world champions face each other, they're mm-hmm. all defending their titles. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's going point for point exactly what I pointed out. So, WWE Championship, no holds barred, no disqualification, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. There's no way Rey lose, wins the belt. Right? No, I don't think so at this stage in his career. Yeah, another squash for Bork Laser. The match that... Uh, Mr. 305 live texted today said, This is money, Universal Championship, or as I like to now call it, the Blue Universal Championship. Yeah. The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. That's oh, going to be a good one. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. I can't wait. And I was at Raw on Monday night. The dark match, literally, was a steel cage, Drew McIntyre versus The Fiend. Wow. The red is not as frustrating as it is on television. Interesting. That's good um, to know. Yeah. It was short, but it's not. it was not frustrating. Fiend right. wins, by the way. Yeah, I think that the, that's a no-brainer. He just got the title and, um, you know. Fiend loses to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Mark yeah. it down. Ah, uh, And for the NXT Championship, Adam Cole, baby, defending mm-hmm. against the winner of Saturday night's triple threat match, Damian Priest versus Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne. Mm. My money's on Pete Dunne. He's the most talented out of the three of those. But yeah. Adam Cole does not lose the title. Yes, I agree with you on both of those. Because Pete Dunne has been around a while. He's been patiently waiting his turn um, for that for that spot. Um, but I agree. Cole is... Unless they're going to take Cole off of NXT, which I don't think they're going to do anytime They can't soon. break up the Undisputed Era. Yeah. Um, and Pete Dunne just matches up correctly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... And I know big guys fight small guys. Brock's wrestling Ray, mm-hmm. but when you're going to showcase Adam Cole in pay per view for the first time to people who don't watch NXT, mm-hmm. you got to put him against a guy that you know makes sense. Right? Boom! Rikishi just got power bombed. Yes. Rikishi just got power bombed. Yes. Keep that in mind for when we talk later. <laughs> Battle of the Women's Champions: Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. Yep. That's going to be good too. I yeah. don't. I'm not a huge fan of Shayna Baszler. I think it's more um, residual Ronda hatred. Yeah. But Baszler can go. Yeah. Um, she's not the. Um, she's not the belle of the ball by any stretch of no. the imagination. But they, they, it's weird. I actually think of like because um, that actually makes her better. By the way, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. Because like she looks like a fighter. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean. Put it to you this way: If she was, you're more likely to be doubted for your capabilities if you're hot, right? Right. And uh, I, they they have like a bit of a with the three of them. It reminds me a little bit of the Shield when they would just show up and just start destroying, you know, the main roster. And they, they've been taking it to Charlotte and Becky and everybody, and it's, yeah. it's been. And then they escape over the. Uh, not that the Shield's the only right. one that ever did that, but the guardrail yes, is taken yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, that'll be good. Ooh, that was an ugly one. That was an ugly one. But Barbarian nearly just got killed. But I, um, uh, 
that one to me is it's just good to have new women um in the fold right because yeah. i feel like it's the same five women fighting each other bailey uh, sasha yeah alexa charlotte, charlotte yeah and uh becky mm-hmm. which i'm not i'm not gonna complain about alexa being on my tv every week no no i'd like to see alexa and Liv morgan become a tag team that would be awesome like if she like if she discarded uh, Nikki Nikki and then you know traded her in basically like I, and I still think I still think Alexa Bliss would be perfect teamed up with um what did I say Alexa Bliss I just lost my whole train of thought Liv Morgan would be perfect yeah. train, teamed up with the Fiend yes have her be like the weirdo the cute weirdo that on would be the awesome. Firefly Funhouse that would be awesome um, the Missy Vaughn for you Peter's mm. Playhouse fans. Um, Battle of the Tag Team Champions. This match is going to suck because they ruined it. Mm-hmm. The Viking Raiders versus the Undisputed Era versus the New Day. Yeah. It was going to be the Revival and that would have been unbelievable. <laughs> but instead, the New Day's in it. Mm-hmm. You can't have one goddamn pay-per-view without the New Day on it. Yeah. So that's going to suck. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they put NXT over because um, I don't think it's going to be in the main um, match. But I think this might be a spot where... Undisputed Era gets a win. That would be nice. Battle of... What I'm calling the Battle of the Secondary Champions. This has Match of the Night written all over Mm -hmm. it. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus the King of the Backbreaker. Dr. Backbreaker, as I'm going to call him. Roderick Strong. Oh, wow. Oh, that could be fun. Such a good match. It's going to be so... If it has... And Pete said this at at the wedding. We got a little shop talk in during the wedding. (laughs) If they give it time... Right. It's going to be great. Right. You've got 11 hours, basically. Give it the time it deserves. Right. And it'll be <laughs> fucking awesome. Yep. I, um, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I, I really do think... So I actually complained about this this layout uh, before pre-NXT last year. And I, I still... There's an element of that to me still. Um, I don't really care which show people are on and... Um, you know, I, I prefer the heels versus faces type stuff like we're watching right now. Right. But NXT has added a nice wrinkle to it. Some new faces, some uh, some people who are going to want to steal the show. So it should be a fun event. They they need stakes. Like, and yeah. I said this something when we did the episode where uh, we booked it out. Mm-hmm. It need we need you need stakes. Yeah. You know, you get a steal. You know, whatever show wins the most matches yeah. gets a steal. Um, <clears throat> He'll still drag that. I like it. Or make first it, draft pick next year, whatever yeah, it is. Make it means just make it mean more. Yeah. Um, women's battle of the brands: Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Oscar, Kari Zayn, and Sarah Logan. Yes, I love me some Logs. Versus Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. And they haven't announced Team NXT yet. Okay, which is bizarre. That is very strange. But the same goes for the men's match. And I, I don't feel right picking a winner where we don't know yeah, we who's going to be where. But And then the men's match, Team Ross, Seth Rollins, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Ali, Braun Strowman, Shorty G. Yeah. And the future Mrs. Strem's favorite wrestler. Yes. Our king, Baron Corbin. I, I feel like they're going to... They're gonna give Fox the win here. They just got the contract. I feel like SmackDown's gonna gonna take it down. Um, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, exactly. So this, I actually, I wish I had more time today. It was a crazy day, but I wanted to see to go back over the last 
however long they've been doing this brand Survivor Series mm-hmm. and see how many times Randy Orton's been on either Team Raw or Team SmackDown. <laughs> oh, it's... It's got to be... Every, every time since the original brand split, mm-hmm. if they've had a traditional Survivor Series match, Randy Orton has been on one of the teams. Right. Unless right. he was the champion. Right. And him and The Miz are probably tied, you know, with most overall appearances. But, like, he could be on Team SmackDown next year, which is why it's kind of got the goofy element to it. Yeah. But, but then again, heels become faces and faces become heels, but... I'm just repeating myself. Pete is texting in his yeah. picks while we talk, so it's well uh, timed. It's time to get to the list. Yeah. Today's topic, which we haven't said yet, <laughs> today's topic is the top ten finishing moves yes. of all time. Um, we've done, you know, oh, uh, top ten under you know underrated finishers yep. of all time. This is the top ten finishers of all time. Yeah. So this is going to be a fun one. Um, let's start with you have Pete's list popping up as well. I do. Um, yep. I can does do his number ten? Uh, nope. Blow you up at all? Nope. Mine either. So Pete number ten was the Razor's Edge. Yeah. Good move. I considered it. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, but I like it. You know, for as far as power moves, there's other ones that I like better that we'll talk about. Absolutely. Um, my number ten. My number ten. I went a little bit off script here. Okay. It's it's similar to two of my moves, but in in at its own, it's devastating. Um, my number ten is Tiger Driver ninety one. Discovered by accident while attempting a double underhook powerbomb, Mitsuhara Masawa's. <laughs> listen to this move. It's a kneeling. Yep. So you drop into your knees yep. like a tombstone. Double underhook Gonzo bomb. Okay. So it's a. You start off in a double underhook pile driver position, but then you drop to your knees like a tombstone and drop wow. him on his m- m- yeah, melon. Wow. Um, you know, he did it by accident, and uh, it looks incredibly dangerous and painful. Yep. And if it's done by the right guy, it can be done by anybody. So think like the Pearl River Plunge, but instead of sitting out, you drop him down into a tombstone. Yep. Yep. That is the Tiger Driver 91. Wow. We might have to post that one because um, it sounds interesting. It sounds dangerous. It sounds like he, he's lucky he didn't you know, end this person's career. Yeah, I'm surprised he's never killed anybody with it. Right. So, Oh, so he kept doing it after this, I assume. Th- this. He didn't do it a lot, but he would bring it back from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's my number 10. All right. Uh, my number 10... Is the Walls of Jericho. Nice. 1999 style, I call it. Back when... Oh, so, the Lion Tamer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, correct. So that's a, that's a better uh, term for it. But basically, he would have like almost a, a standing Boston Crab. So like vertical Boston Crab. So, you know, regular Boston Crab. I love Rick Martel, but, you know, pretty, pretty tame. But imagine being like... His knee is on the back of your head, and he's holding your legs up where your head would be. Um, and, it, and, and it looked very painful. Um, and then Jericho, of course, sold it well, screaming, ask him, and things like that. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I like the uh, Lion Tamer very much. That's a very good one. All right, Pete's number nine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about this move sort of in at greater length, mm-hmm. but so 
because he's not here and just giving us notes. His number nine is the pop-up powerbomb by KO because he loves the way it looks. He guarantees it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I think I did the same thing that you did. and um, I went with a more general one, and we'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, my number nine is the Styles Clash. Yeah. Um, this could be a lot higher, mm-hmm. but here's here's my reasonings. Um, so first of all, I tried to go. You know, I went full Chris on this this week. By the way, mm-hmm. two wrestlers have claimed to be the inventor of the Styles Clash. <laughs> um, you know, for those of you who have never seen the Styles Clash, first of all, where have you been? <laughs> Second of all, it's best described as a belly to back inverted mat slam. Yeah. Um, so you you pick them up for a pile driver. But instead of dropping down in a seated position, you like pancake the guy mm-hmm. on, on you know onto his belly. Um, and some say it was invented by Colonel De Beers in the eighties. Okay. Others say it was invented by Diamond Dallas Page. It was first. It was his original finisher, um, and then it became a prelude to the diamond cutter. He once at one point called it a trip to the diamond mind, which I like. Interesting. And he also called it the diamond clash. Of course, made famous by AJ Styles, hooking the legs before the slam, which is what differentiates it from a trip to the diamond mine. Right. Um, you know, I, it's one of the most highly protected move, maneuvers. It's only done by AJ Styles. Yep. Michelle McCool did it for a little while during her Lay Cool um, run, naming yep. it the Faith Breaker. Um, and while devastating and potentially dangerous, it cannot be done to everybody. Yep. Which is what, you know, which is really ultimately what, what pushed it to number nine. He's not doing it to the Big Show. Right. He might be able to do it to Brock. He's not doing it to Braun Strowman. Right. You know. Oh boy, here we go. So there's, there's so many guys he can't do it to. Yeah. Which is why I put her at number nine. So it actually it slipped to an honorable mention for me. I think it looks great. The the reason it didn't make my top ten is kind of that awkward like the like they have to sort of swim their arms out and like participate almost. Yeah. So it's just it there's that little wrinkle in it that I think. Makes it not as uh, believable, but it's an awesome-looking move once executed. Yeah, yeah. By the way, where is the God of Hellfire right now? Well, we because got midgets on the screen. We have Jerry midgets. Waller, Sleazy, Queasy, yep. and Cheesy. <laughs> yeah, One of the greatest Survivor Series matches of all time. And that's sweet Stan Lane on the WWF hotline. Mm. Former Body Donna. Not Body Donna. Former Heavenly Body. Shout out Stan. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Um, I actually missed my number nine. Um, my number nine is the Rude Awakening. I, I consider. Yeah. I just think it, what a good looking move. Um, so basically picture like a reverse Stone Cold Stunner almost, I think is the best way to, to say it. Or like you're, you're back to back. Yeah, back to back. Just neck yeah, breaker. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it's actually been done by plenty of people, but Rick Rude just executed it so perfectly and then he would shake his hips while he had you set up and added that little heel twinge to it, and then would drop down to his ass and, and really sold it well, made it look like it, it hurt a lot. Sure. Uh, so it's, it's uh, has always been a favorite of mine. And bonus points, I'll talk about a couple of these moves where, um, you know, in the 80s, late 80s, some people didn't even have finishing moves, or if they did, they were horrible. Right. <laughs> they were lame. The leg drop. Right. The people's elbow. Right. So, um, 
Yeah, we'll talk about a few more of those moves that stood above the leg drops and others like that. Excellent. Uh, Pete's number eight, Styles Clash. Because he loved how it was the razor's edge, but required more skill and safety from AJ's part to execute it. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, my number eight is going to blow Pete up a little bit, but he's not here to defend it. Okay. My number eight is a move done by a reptilian friend of wrestling. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not. No. It's an honorable mention for that's me. My, that's my way of trying to figure out if I'm blowing Strum up or not. Because <laughs> we don't tell each other our list going in. Mm-hmm. My number eight, Pete's number three, is the DDT. Yep. The ever-deadly Damien's Dinner Time. Yes. Which, not officially what it stands for, but lot, I've heard him say that before. So yeah, he's it depends called on it a few different to. things. Invented by Jake the Snake Roberts <clears throat> by accident. In a match with the grappler. During the match, Jake had him in a front face lock, tripped backwards, and the crowd went banana, to quote Pat Patterson, and history was made. Wow. In the 80s, it was such a protecting maneuver. No one kicked out of the DDT. When Jake hit you with it, you were going to sleep. Mm -hmm. It had that snap motion, which was just beautiful. Yeah, the little finger twirl, too. It could be hit from anywhere, mm-hmm. on anyone, at, at any time. Yep. Raven adopted it as his finisher and ruled the ECW with it. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, it lost its effectiveness and luster and just became an everyday move that yep. doesn't win matches, yep. which is why it fell to number... Excuse me, fell to number eight for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's an honorable mention for me. Um, I don't know if you count what, um, what the prisoner of WWE... Does as a DDT. That's a variation to it. Yeah, um, and so I, that's, I that's assume a it's fine not line. A, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The the dirty deeds did not make my list. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like you said, like um, Randy Orton does it all the time off the ropes. Christian sort of added an element to it by, by like sort of like a half suplex start. So it's a, it's a pretty, um, you know, malleable move. You can make it. You can do it a few different ways. Yeah. But I, you know, it, and I think having Jake be the father of it makes it much better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my number eight is the perfect plex. Um, because, first of all, I love Mr. Perfect, but, you know, bonus points for having it be into a pinning combination. So basically, a fisherman suplex. Um, and b- b- bonus points for having uh, amateur wrestling elements in it as well, almost like a um, inside cradle. But if you, if you got flipped on your head first, yeah. Um, and I just thought it was he made it look so good. You couldn't do it to everybody, obviously, but he has done it to some pretty big boys. If uh, my memory serves, the Big Show, yeah, yeah, more than once. Really, yeah. Interesting. Credit to the Big Show for that, then, because he's got to do some work in there too. But, um, yeah, one of my favorites. Such a good move. Didn't make my list, but... Mm-hmm. By the way, here's Tiger Driver 91, the first time he ever did it. Okay. Oh, no, wow. That's, that's not it at all. I was going to say, it looks kind of familiar. This, uh, is a, this is a match with Masawa. That's not... Oh, it, there it is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, Wow. That's Tiger Driver 91. Wow, that, that looks pretty damn So dangerous. he hit his finisher, the guy kicked out, so he did it again, and he yep. dropped him on his 
melon. Right. So Pete's number seven is in my top three. T- Pete's number seven was my four, so we'll okay. hold off on that. Uh, my number seven. Um, so my number seven is where it gets a little silly. Yep. Uh, my number seven is Pete's number two. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Did that make your top three? No. Okay. So my number seven is the pile driver. Mm-hmm. Pete's number two was the tombstone pile driver. Mm-hmm. I lumped them together for this conversation. Um, so invented in the 1940s wow. by three-time and final National Wrestling Association champion. Uh, the National Wrestling Association was an offshoot of the official National Boxing Association. Mm-hmm. And um, it would go on to merge with the actual NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. Okay. Wild Bill Longson. Um, he actually named it after the construction equipment of the same name. And, you know, that idea of, like, drilling into mm-hmm. concrete, you know, pile-driving concrete, mm. and that, that motion oh, is, that is where the move came from. Um, it can be done to almost any wrestler, by any wrestler. Mm-hmm. It looks devastating as hell. Yep. If, you don't, if it's done right, it's perfectly safe. You know, and there's plenty of variations. There's the double underhook pile driver, aka the J Driller by Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. There's the flipping pile driver, the Canadian Destroyer or Panama Sunrise that Adam Cole Bebe does. <laughs> the double underhook back to back pile driver, which is of course the Vertebraker. Yeah. Um, the most famous, of course, is the um, Jerry Lawler and oh, his yeah. pile driver. Yes. With his feud with Andy Kaufman, you know, yes. Paul Ondorf did it, Harley Race did it. There's the tag team version, the spike pile driver done by yes. the Brain Busters. Yep. And of course, the most famous, the reason it's Pete's number two, yep. Undertaker and Kane's Tombstone. Also, final notable on the Tombstone, Owen Hart's botched reverse sit-out Tombstone that almost killed yeah. Steve Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah, too bad. Yeah. Tombstone. That's a good one. Um, I didn't actually have it on my list because I, I would have considered them two separate moves and I think the Tombstone is sort of um, lost a bit of its luster over time because of you can clearly see the space because he's obviously not going to drop somebody actually on their head. The more he's done it <clears throat> yeah. over the years, the the further away from the yeah. mat his opponent's head has right. been, and it looks worse every year. Yeah, and it's just I think that's a function of getting older. By the way, you're just more cautious in life in general. So right, maybe, that's uh, a very good point. <laughs> so um, and then the regular pile driver um, was like. Use a lot before it got banned to the point where I like I considered it not necessarily a finisher, um, but it is a great move. Absolutely, I love it. My number seven, I feel like I could be going into blow up mode with uh, that. Is not my number, is not my top three. Wow, yeah, all right, it started there. <laughs> not gonna lie, it is the super kick, yes, and um. Pete actually had a comment. I did not put the super kick in my list because everyone and their mother does it like 20 times a night now. And I feel like it's lost its luster. Um, and I think that that's fair. Um, no, pizza cocksucker. <laughs> but it's different when Shawn Michaels hits it, right? Oh, yeah. And the reason it's... Um, you know why I, I think it's really great is it was sort of born from the barbershop incident that we've talked about ad nauseum on, on the show. Uh, I love it. Right. <laughs> I could talk barbershop all day. Right. Obviously, you can hit it on anybody, unless they're so fat that their gut sticks out that you, you're past the length of your leg. Right. <laughs> and uh, Which is not many people. And um, Sean, 
makes it look great, which is tough to do with any, you know, strike move. It's it's very hard to yeah. to make it look good. And then it, I don't. It always sounds great. Well, I don't know how he gimmicks that, but it it sounds great too. And, it, and you ever slapped a pair where. of spandex? Yeah, true. You wrestled. You know yeah. what it sounds like when you snap that singlet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so super, yeah, super kick. Super kick was my number five. Okay. Um, just to finish up a little bit because I went overboard this week. <laughs> Invented by gentleman Chris Adams, who um, trained as a judo master. So he actually oh. was trained. No, real kick. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I I wrote that it was really adopted as the shine killer of faces by a lot of heels like Haku and the Barbarian. Yeah. They would kind of do it to cut off a baby face when they were getting their shine out going. Yeah. Um, Mike, the Samoans, you know, all the Samoans used the super kick. Marty Jannetty used it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the heel heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, <laughs> after ditching the belly-to-belly suplex, we're watching Midgets in action, um, he, he ditched that belly-to-back side suplex in favor for the sweet chin music, you know, often imitated by the likes of Mortis, Glacier, Dolph Ziggler, many, many others. Never really duplicated. Yep. Um, until the uh, the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. really. Adam Cole, Bebe, <laughs> and uh, you know the Young Bucks who have their super kick parties during matches really have you know have made it something special again. Yeah. You know, I think it played a pivotal role in WWF history. You know. Oh yeah. We're watching Survivor Series 94 right now. It was yep. what led to the breakup of Sean Diesel. One too many super kicks. Pushing Diesel into the main event picture. So, yep. super kick, pot A. Yes. Yes, undeniable. Six. Pete has the code breaker. Because it's a move you can do to any size guy. Yeah. I, I don't... That's a good point. I, I, I considered the code breaker all week and pulled it off my list today. Interesting, interesting. I think it's, um, I think it's a pretty good move, but it didn't. I didn't really actually consider it. Um, if anything, like it, it's funny because you land on your back, right? Like in, that's supposed to be a bump. Like you get thrown on on your back as a body slam or something or a right. clothesline. So that, that was always a bit strange to me. But I think it's a, um, it's a good looking move. Um, so I'm, I'm not gonna argue it. I just didn't really think of it. My number six is the Powerbomb. Same with me. Your number six is the Powerbomb mm-hmm. as well. All right, excellent. Um, another great move invented by accident. Huh. Hall of Famers Luthez and Antonio Roca were wrestling, and Thez tried to lift Roca up for a pile driver, and he just kind of dropped Roca by accident. <laughs> um, and he landed on his back with his legs pointing up in the air, and. People started using the move. Um, Obviously became synonymous with, you know, the the big three. Vader, Sid, and Kevin Nash. Um, The American Badass Undertaker used it. And as Pete said, and I wrote my notes, um, you know, revitalized really with the pop-up powerbomb by Kevin Owens. You know, it looks like it hurts. It has a dangerous factor. Mm -hmm. Nash broke the giant's neck doing it once. Oh, wow. I did Um, not know that. And he actually fully did to the Giant as well. So it's a move that can be done to anybody. Yeah. If if you can if it can be done to the big show, it can be done to anybody. Yeah. Is my my Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Um I like that all the variations were looked slightly different or had a different 
tinge to it. You That's know, a great point. You I wouldn't even consider that. That's a yeah. great point. Like, uh, so I actually, uh, you mentioned Sid, Nash, uh, Vader. I uh, had Batista written down too because he like got you way up high. He would sit out with it. Yeah. Sid, Sid would go down to the mat with you on his knees, right? That's yeah. How Sid did it. Yep. Yep. And kind of just like roll you up. Um, Nash would just kind of dump you up yeah. so you landed on your ass. Yeah, like he Nash dropped guys you. a much safer way, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Rollins is the buckle bomb now. Right, right. I don't know about that one. Yeah, and then, uh, I actually even threw Ahmed Johnson on here. I don't know if we'd call the Pearl River Plunge a type of powerbomb. I would, cause, but it's it, it goes right into a pinning. Yeah, well, they, that's what Masawa was attempting mm-hmm. when he invented the. Tiger Driver 91. Mm-hmm. You know, a double underhook powerbomb is a Tiger Driver. Right. And that's really what the Batista bomb is. Uh, the Pro Rover Plunge. It is a Tiger Driver. Yep. So, yep. absolutely. Yep. All right. Mm. Pete's five. Hardcore halftime. Oh, yeah. I came up with one this week. Oh, you did? All right. Top three underrated or under underappreciated submissions. Ooh. I love submission wrestling. Yeah, there's not a, there's not uh, many on my list. In fact, I there's only one, and I talked about it at number ten. <sighs> ah, man. Three three submissions that like that doesn't get enough credit for how cool it is. Yeah. Or like how I, I think that the the STF um, is actually a good a good move. Cena's version, I'm not crazy I've about Cena's version of it. Because Regal's was much better because he would get the the arm over right. Right, and he just he made it look much more painful. Cena like leaves a giant gap, like oh, like you yeah. can see his neck isn't even constrained. The difference between the two, for those of you who haven't seen it, because Regal hasn't wrestled in a while, he would do the STFU like Cena does, but instead he would take that closer arm and bring it up and put it like behind his mm-hmm. back, so you'd be like opened up more, and then he'd yeah. wrench on your neck, yeah, on your chin, and you actually wrench on your chin, yeah. He wouldn't do a front face lock with it. Yeah. Uh, Crossface Chicken Wing. Yes. I loved. Marty uses it now, and I love it. Really? Marty's oh, girl. It's one of his big nice. moves. Nice. Chicken Wing! And, um, let's see. Is the torture rack, uh, yeah. it's a submission move? Oh, yeah. I, I would go, I, I like, I always like the torture rack. It looked very painful. And I like that you're like, you're not submitting or tapping out. You have to like, scream as you're getting like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Wrangled like a doll, so that's three really good ones. I had um, Mandible Claw, which oh, is getting yeah. a lot more love now with the theme. Yes, um, the Dragon Sleeper, the by uh, from Steamboat or Ultimo Dragon. The so you get them almost as if you're going for a curtain call by mm-hmm. Gold Dust, mm-hmm. but instead of like doing a suplex. You just squeeze like it. You got him wrenched. Oh yeah, yeah. With your arm over his neck, and you hook his other arm, and you just kind of yeah, yeah. Do that business, and then the Texas Cloverleaf by Dean Malenko. Yes, I love the Texas Cloverleaf. Yes, of course, that's a good one. Cool. Pete's number stuff. five. Pete number five is the curb stomp. Almost made my list. Interesting. Got cut the same time that the Codebreaker got cut. Yeah, similar to the um, Codebreaker, didn't really, I didn't consider it very much because I think it's, um, this is one that's hard to make look convincing to me. Like, right. if you really did it, you, you know, 
because you can't you can't have your face very high off the mat, so you don't have the dramatic effect of you know the downward like oh right. So um, I do agree with that you can do it to anybody, and it would hurt like hell. Obviously, we've uh, we've all seen uh, American History X. Um, you'd break a guy's face if you, you did it for real. Yeah, you you could kill him. Like quite frankly, yeah. So that's why it's it's good, but I think that's what makes it not as uh, um, believable. The fact that they still call it the curb stomp, yeah, considering where that term comes from, yeah, is really fucked up. It is. It, weren't they? Tr- they were trying to call it something different for a while. I forget. Yeah, I forget uh, what he called it for a little while. Yeah. It was something du- the the flat that like the lights out or yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like give me a break. Yeah. So, um, but a good move, but it, not on mine. Yeah. Uh, my number five we talked about was the super kick. Ah, my number five. And I still think we might want to do a whole tag team episode on finishers one time. I'm it's your sure. number three. I'm pretty uh, I'm, sure. I'm going to, um, I'll wait then because. Uh, I mean, there's only one, right? Um, There's a few that I really like, but there's one that stands well, above. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my number five. Because last night, uh, Justin texted... <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> last night, Justin texted, and he was like, are we doing just singles? Because I think tag team finishers is a good list on its own. And I was like, well, we can, but I've got a tag finisher in my top three. Yeah. So he was like, all right, we'll just do... Yeah. We could just do a whole, like, the also-ran list and say, um, we agree on this one, which we'll talk about in a bit. And then all the other ones. I actually put a couple in my underrated one, but yeah. I would I would put it in my in that list. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a Heenan, Heenan list in the future. Top ten finishers not named this. Yes, good idea. Um, number four. Number four for Peter. Peter's number four is Kenny Omega's One Winged Angel, which was an honorable mention for me, but I wasn't putting jazz hands on my list today. Yeah, yeah. It suffers from that. Yeah, there's people he can't do it to. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't seen enough of Kenny Omega stuff to uh, to. I mean, it sounds pretty good. Have you not seen the one? Maybe not. One winged angel before. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's well, right. You um, you had to go home and you missed. <laughs> I went home to do budget emails at midnight. You missed it. It was right. horrible. Oh boy. My number four, I think. My number four is Pete's. Was Pete's number seven? Okay, that's my number two. Okay, so we'll hold off. My number four is. I don't want to blow you up here. So I put those together. Oh, you did. I put those together. They they're from the same okay. family. So we'll hold we'll for your number two. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Pete's number. Th- Three was the DDT. Yep, and we talked about, yeah, we that. Talked about that. Um So my number three, mm-hmm. your number five, mm-hmm. Dinner Makes Pete's List, is the Doomsday Device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the top rope flying clothesline onto an electric chair positioned opponent. Yes. Invented by the Road Warriors. I put it the most iconic and recognizable tag team finisher of all time. Yeah. The dangerous, deadly, and devastating doomsday device <laughs> is one of the few is one of the few maneuvers that I, in my thirty five years of watching wrestling, cannot remember somebody kicking out of. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it was tried to. It, they try. It, 
the Dudleys tried to use it to much less much less success. Mm-hmm. It became an homage setup to their 3D um, Dudley Death Drop. Yeah. Um, you know, it could either be wicked safe and not look very painful, yep. like when the Dudleys did it, and Bubba would take a flat back bump with the opponent. Mm-hmm. Or it could look like someone was going to die, like when Animal would just <laughs> fling the guy over yeah. his head yeah. after Hawk just dump him. dropped him. And that's actually how Henry Goblin broke his neck. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, um, it looked good because Hawk uh, had that good like short arm clothesline. Uh, but he had the leaping ability too. Um, the electric chair position is great. Anyway, by the way, <laughs> Jerry Lawler was in an electric chair position off of on top of one of his midgets earlier in this match. Yes, so, he was. So, so yeah, the electric chair position. I mean, now that we've said, mm-hmm. you know, can, um, doomsday device, you know what we mean. But chicken fight. If the guy, you got yeah. someone sitting on your shoulders. In wrestling, that's the electric chair position. Because when right. you go take a flat back bump, it's called an electric chair drop. Yeah. So, chicken wing position. Uh, chicken yeah. fight position. Yeah. Um, here for you, Justin, is the one winged angel. Oh, right. Well, that's the V trigger. Yeah. The running knee to the face and then up on the shoulders. Oh, that looks, that's pretty awesome. It's that's a really so. cool looking move, but he couldn't do it too. Yeah. So... For those of you at home who have not, who don't watch AE Dub, so a lot of you, um, the one wing. I'm just kidding. I love AEW. Um, the one winged angel. You have him up in the chicken fight position, and you reach up and you grab him by the head, and you kind of like push him forward and slam him into a Michinoku driver. Yeah. So it's a it's a chicken winged. It's a chicken fight. Michinoku driver is the right. best way to. Describe the one yeah. winged angel. Yeah, it looks good. It's good. Big fan. Nice. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, Pete's number two. Wow, we're flying we today. Uh, actually, I didn't do my number three. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, well, we, we've saved them, so unless it's your number one. Yeah, uh, it is. Okay, I will hold off. Yeah. <laughs> In that case, I will wait. Pete's number two we talked about as a tombstone. So yes. Covering the pile drivers. Well, my number one didn't make Pete's list. That's crazy. Interesting. Uh, my number two, we're at that point. Yeah. My number two is Pete's number one. Interesting. The F5. Yeah. F5 is impressive as hell. Yeah. I've seen him in person do it to Rikishi, mm-hmm. um, Batista, mm-hmm. you know. Kane, The Undertaker, he does it to all the big boys. Mm-hmm. It's it takes a hell of a lot of strength to pull off. It's got a huge holy shit factor. Yeah. Um and it's only done by one guy, so it's a protected move. Yeah. And it looks painful as hell. Yeah. I love the F five. Yeah, I do too, actually, and I'm I'm like I I thought about it and for some reason it just left my mind, so it didn't actually make my list. Um but I love it because, like, it's it's kind of like you know, be gone with you, and he just heaves you, you know, and you can land in any <laughs> number of manners. You can land on your head, you can land on your stomach, your back, whatever whatever happens happens. Um, but it looks it it looks pretty good. So, yeah, big fan, big fan, big fan. So now we can get to my number two, your number two, my number four, and Pete's number. Seven. Seven. It is the Stone Cold Stunner. 
And in terms of like impressive maneuvers, not the you know, not the most unbelievable uh, one winged angel type thing. But talk about something that fit a character so perfectly. It's set up yeah. by the, the kick to the gut, you know, and it was just like an fu move, like uh, to, and it did look painful. I don't care what anybody says. And in fact, there's a reason Linda McMahon and others slipped it when oh, they were God. supposed to take it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it could come out of nowhere. Um, and it, you would see it coming a mile away sometimes as he's, you know, with the beer in the ring, kind of hit you with a finisher out of nowhere. Uh, but not out of nowhere, obviously. Most most uh, telegraph thing of all time would be a 20-minute promo and you know somebody's getting stunned. God damn, son. Yeah. Right. But just if you go watch a stunner compilation on YouTube that stunner, one of our beloved wrestling nerds has put on YouTube, it's great. Like between Scott Hall taking the bumps and Shane with a mouthful of beer, spitting beer everywhere. Yep. Uh, Vince taking the stunner for the first time and convulsing and everything. Just good God. Just good God. <laughs> he should be arrested. And uh. The CEO has been stunned. Mm. King, I have a wild barbecue sauce. <laughs> Good God. Good <laughs> God. Oh, Helen Hart. I got scared for a second. <laughs> um, Doing your best, Jerry Lawler. So my number, this again, this is my number four. Your number four was also part of this? How did we... Yeah. How did oh, we yeah. skip over that by accident? My bad. We, we were going to hold it for my number two because I consider... Oh, that's right. I consider them different moves, but... Um, I, I put them together, so... Okay. My number four is the RKO. Um, you know, obviously the difference being he takes you all the way to the mat, uh, whereas the Stone Cold Stunner you typically take on your knees. Um, I would say Orton, without this move, would not have nearly the career that he's had, is how I'd put it. I would also I would say the same for Austin. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's very fair. But, um, you know, Orton, the RKO out of nowhere, it goes viral on the internet. It's, you know, he's RKOing people falling downstairs and stuff. Um, there's a reason for that. And, you know, he can, all the uh, variations to it, somebody, you know, flying off the top rope and he, he just hits it from nowhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's, and you can do it to... to Pretty much anybody that can fall down. So, uh, yeah, it, you can literally. <laughs> if you can fall down, you can. That's a perfect way to put it. Um, Which is hard to do quickly for some people. So you, there's probably some people you can't really do it to. But um, yeah, so okay, yo, it was my number four. I make no apologies on this show. I'm a cunt and I know it. <laughs> my number four. This is really in the interest of putting as many moves onto my list as possible yes. and being really douchey about it. My number four is the cutter. Um, hey, yes. Originally invented by Johnny Ace, naming it the Ace Crusher. The did cutter. We, did we skip your number four? Well, because it was oh. your number two. Because I kind okay. of okay. My bad. The these neck snapping forward yes. moves. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so originally the Ace Crusher, which is what it was called would be the stunner, but he'd be facing you and drop to his knee. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a modified jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But of course, you know, we got the iconic and memorable Stone Cold Stunner and DDP's career-making diamond yes. cutter yep. to Randy Orton's RKO. You know, the out-of-nowhere variation. Um, you know, every time he does it, it's crazier and more deadly than the time before. Yeah. Um, nearly impossible to screw up and injure somebody. It's yeah. fast. It's devastating. It can be hit on anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, DD. P, you know, he established that he could hit the diamond cutter from any position, Mm -hmm. you know, out of a fireman's carry, you know, jumping off the top rope. He did it so many different ways, really created that out of, you know, that out of nowhere element. To tie, sorry to to interrupt you, but but the Eddie Guerrero one that DDP talks about glowingly to this day, where Eddie was like, just, just take me up. I forget what the, what the actual move was. We'll have to YouTube it. He talks about this on Jericho's uh, podcast, but he's like, I don't think I can do it from that angle. And, he, and uh, Guerrero said, just just get me there and, and it'll happen. No, man, do it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. I'll get there. Because I remember, I remember YouTubing it when he talked about it. So anyway, to tie back to Eddie. Yeah. I keep going. Um, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, we, I think we encapsulated all, you know, and again, I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm, yep. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I put I, I put things I together. Jerk, I wouldn't agree with, but uh, a little like uh, bending the rules. But it's hey, it's your show, so well, it's our know. show. <laughs> um, you invented it. I may have invented the show, so I make the rules. That that yeah. works for me. Yeah, but I mean, the cutter, it, the stunner, and the RKO are the same move. Yes, yeah. one one does a back bump and one drops to his ass. Right. Like, right. They're essentially the same move to me. Yeah. I don't think I have any idea what your number one is. It's a little bit biased, okay. uh, but I'll you know I'll explain when we get fine there. by me. Um, Pete's number one, of course. I just blew it up with my number two mm-hmm. was the F five. <laughs> yeah, my number one, Pete. I can hear you and John saying it from here. <laughs> honk, honk, because I am the resident WWE honk here, but. God damn. The double underhook face buster. Better known to all as the motherfucking pedigree. I'm getting real close to the mic for this one. Yes. The fucking pedigree. Yes. By the way, shout out to uh, Bobby Silva's wife, Kristen, who is the biggest Triple H fan that I know, maybe besides you. But um, He's not my favorite wrestler. Yeah. He's one of my top ten. Okay. He's just, he's so good. He has a bad rap for reasons I don't understand. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he married the boss's daughter. I don't care. Yeah. Like, point to a guy that he should have put over, um, that somebody else put over, and we were, like, Triple H was wrong about. No, you're right. I think over time, um, and, and given how, given his vision with NXT and stuff, he, wrestling fans are fickle, right? When he yeah. leaves or... Uh, which I don't think he's going to do. But, like, you know, in 30 years when he's gone, everyone's going to just talk wax poetic about Triple H. Remember all the great things that Triple H did? Right. Remember when Triple H created NXT? Mm-hmm. And how, you know, remember when Triple H brought in AJ Styles and yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn right. Balor and Samoa Joe right. and Adam Cole and right. Baby and Bobby Fish and right. Kyle O'Reilly? That's all Triple H. <laughs> and put over Daniel Bryan. Put over Daniel Bryan in the middle of the ring, one, two, three. Now, might he have held down CM Punk a little bit? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yes. 
Do I begrudge him for that? A little bit. <laughs> they still like two of your favorites going at it. So, I However, go. Punk did get his yeah, historic not... 434 day reign as WWE. Yeah, champion. let's just say he didn't get to, you know, he didn't go hungry. Mm. Triple H didn't put over our <laughs> Triple H didn't put over RVD. Well, John Cena did, and then RVD got pulled over with blow in his tire. <laughs> mm. Triple H won't put over Chris Benoit. Well, he did. And yeah. business went down the toilet yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Such that in six months they took the belt. Uh, Triple H took the belt off of Orton right away. Uh. Yeah, Orton wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. But what has Triple H done since? Put Orton over plenty of times. Uh, Triple H put over Kane. He put over Goldberg. He put over the Batista. He put over The Rock. He yeah. put over Austin and The Undertaker. And Triple H put over Vince. Mm. Triple H put over Shelton Benjamin when no one wanted to give Shelton Benjamin an opportunity. <laughs> when Jeff Hardy had already failed the wellness policy yeah. a couple of times, yeah. Triple H put over Jeff Hardy. When Eddie Guerrero died, who was putting over Rey Mysterio? Yeah. For yeah. the right reasons. Right. It was Triple H. Yeah. He can, I'm sorry, he can do the move to anybody. Yep. He gets, he's got a great track record with it. Not a lot of people kick out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it, he, he could do it to Mustafa Ali. He could do it to the big show. Yeah. Much like if you can fall, you can take the stunner. Yeah. If you have arms, you can take a petty pedigree. <laughs> and it has a danger factor to it. There's the video of him dropping the guy right on his, on his McNugget. Really? Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, man. Wow, um, oh, I have breaking news. Pete, I hope you're listening. AEW lost a week. In wow. the ratings to NXT last night. Survivor Series is really helping. Yeah, that's actually very surprising to me. That's quite the turnaround. So, And, and AEW was good by all accounts. So um, They both have their flaws and there's a lot to learn. Yeah. But NXT finally took a week. Yeah, interesting. Well, that'll be uh, fun to watch over the next year. Stay or so. tuned for our new podcast, Seven Weeks <laughs> with Cody Rhodes. Right. Right. I mean, so that turned into a bit of a Triple H tribute, but... Uh, yeah! Triple H! <laughs> I love him! But uh, the move is great. My guy. It, I would not want to take a pedigree. I'll put it to you that way. Um, well, with that thing on... Yeah, with this schnoz. With that schnoz you got. <laughs> your nose will be broken before your head knows about it. <laughs> uh, I know a rude joke I can tell you later, but not on the uh, not on the show. You don't want to have to delete your yeah. own work. I don't want to Jim Cornette myself here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was your number one. That was my number one. Yes. My number Did you? One. I mean, that was on your list. Did you have anything to that was, No, that was my number three. Number I think three? you covered it well. I think, um, you know, it has that, you know, so many of these moves we talked about being quick. But what I like about the pedigree is you're kind of trapped with your head and it takes... A second or two to develop, and it's like, oh shit, this is gonna hurt. Type yeah, thing. you know, you get the, both both the underhooks, and then it just it looks great. It's a great move. Um, so. My internet's being douchey. I can't show you the videos I want to show you right now. All right, we'll get there. We have we have plenty. Oh yeah, it is the flying elbow drop? I like it. Yeah, <laughs> speaking my language now. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um. I just think Macho made it look fantastic. And if you really 
think about it, and you dropped your elbow on somebody's larynx from leaping from however many feet in the air, it would hurt like a bastard if not collapse your trachea and you yeah. would die. You'd be dead. Uh-huh. Right. But Macho made it look fantastic. Going to that great Royal Rumble in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh... I love Kyrie Sane's elbow drop, by the way. Oh, the insane elbow? Yeah. It, that one looks really good. CM Punk's, I thought, looked great. Um, especially when he wore the Macho Man tights. Uh, but, I, I, you know, there's two moments I think about at WrestleMania five, of course, which was kicked out of, which cheapens it a bullshit. bit. Bullshit. Right. Such bullshit. <laughs> Speaking of cheapening mm. it, <laughs> how many times did he hit Ultimate Warrior in WrestleMania seven with it? Seven or eight, yeah. Yeah. It's, did it a lot! <laughs> so I'm kind of... Uh, Giving reasons why it shouldn't be number one, but uh, you know the whole storyline with Steamboat and everything, and the and the bell. Um, you know, only two people kicked out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Hulkster and the Warrior. Yeah. yeah, pretty good company. Let's. So I'll put it to you this way: I commissioned. Say so myself. Yeah. I commissioned a painting, uh, which was never completed, but it was of Macho Man midway through the air. At WrestleMania Five, with Hogan laying down on the mat, gorgeous. And uh, you know, it never, it never ended up. You know, it was uh, not finished due to a relationship ending. And I knew I was better friends with the uh, non-painter. I'll put it to you that way. Um, and so it never got completed. I saw the tracing outline, so I, hopefully it exists somewhere. Um, but I, you know, I it, maybe it's a, a little bit overrated in my mind. But I love the elbow drop. Great move, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love where you're coming from. Love what you're thinking, yeah. <laughs> Doing that a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. 1900 Macho Man. You He's call a it up, I'll man. talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> what do you want to do tonight, huh? Uh huh, yeah. Maybe buy some dinner, a cup of coffee when we're done, and then see what the night brings us, yeah. <laughs> Dial it up, uh-huh. see what it's like. Right. He's a macho man. Any honorable mentions? No, we covered everything that I talked that I had listed on an honorable mention. I have a few lame ones. Which, oh, which could be its own list. I um, love talking about lame stuff, but yeah, hit me with some lame ones. Yeah. So, um, like, how is this ever a finisher type yeah, of stuff? Uh, we'll start with the low hanging fruit, like the people's elbow and the five knuckle shuffle. Um, both, you know. Entertaining to a degree, but both pretty stupid, um, if you think about it. Um, I also put the spear on the lamest list. The spear is fucking terrible. Isn't it bad? And it like, made sense as a setup for Goldberg because he was a football player, yeah. but it was a setup. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot the jackhammer. I I actually had it in the honorable mentions. I thought we t- I confused it with the powerbomb, but I love the jackhammer. Because st- I love the standing holding suplex that we just saw a British Bulldog do. About a half an hour ago, and uh, and then I love how he you know turns that into like a oh my goodness! <laughs> We're watching the name of the video is Triple H almost breaks Marty Garner's neck. So I don't know if he tried if he jumped too far out. That was interesting. Not not sure, but it's going to be on the page. Yeah. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. Um, the Hulkster. Sorry, the leg drop is just. <laughs> Fucking terrible. It's ridiculous. It's a terrible move. Uh, um, you know, the fact that your number one was what it was, mm-hmm. that leads us to another episode. 
Top 10 aerial maneuvers of all time. Aerial maneuvers, yes. Not named the flying elbow drop. Yep. I think from now on, if we ever spot... You know what? New rule here on 10 Count. If ever of a, if ever a, net, a future episode is organically spawned via yep. conversation because of something else that was mentioned, yep. I think it has to go into, we've decided that's the best, so we need to go further. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we came up with two this time. Yeah. Between the elbow drop and then the doomsday device. Um, the warrior uh, splash to somebody's back is absurd. I never understood that. Um, and the, the worst part was, so I think that the Gorilla Press Slam was good when Davy Boy Smith did it. <laughs> when yeah. Warrior did it, he was usually gassed and, and dropped the guy immediately. Dropping him up! And then he would run over them and then body splash their back, which was... I don't know, super made, dumb. Super dumb. But the very worst... Lamest. Uh, I, f- I feel like I sound like a god of hellfire right now. The very worst is Dino Bravo's side suplex. <laughs> is that Which, the lamest finisher of all time? I, I mean, we're, eventually, we'll go down the rabbit hole of worst finishers of all time as well. But <laughs> is that is that the lamest finisher? He would only hold you about. I mean, yay high, right? Yeah, like. And, and it was then a side suplex, you. yeah. Yeah. It was... Um, that that could be... Next to the Garvin Stomp. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. that. I love the Garvin Stomp. I know. <laughs> but it's a, it's not a good finisher. I love it's it a, too. It's like a midget move, the Garvin Stomp. Like, it's a funny move. It, it could be... Those both could... that could Those could be on the short list of the lamest moves ever. <laughs> I'm partial to Garvin Stomp myself. Um, I had a few honorable mentions. Um, Of course, the one-winged angel by Jazz Hands. Yep, yep. As I like to call him. And my main cornet. Double cheeseburger, motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Take notes. Yep. You're not going to believe I'm going to say this. Oh, we didn't talk about it yet. Because it didn't make your list. Right. The sharpshooter... Is an honorable mention for me. Wow. Done, of course, by Owen Hart. Yeah. Ah! Just when I thought I, I was going to say something. I thought you were going to say the Scorpion Deathlock. I thought about saying Scorpion Deathlock. But it lets me talk about Owen. So Yes. Yes. Um, and it's funny. Pete said no sharpshooter for him because it's easily reversible by just dragging over the ropes. And Brett's dumb because he let Sean do it to him and lost the match. Adam boy, <laughs> Pete. Um, I actually didn't put the sharpshooter in on my list or honorable mention. I... Um, you know, you just basically cross somebody's legs and turn them over. Like, yeah, it looks somewhat painful, but I mean, it it might. I mean, it's it's an honorable mention, and I don't want to start naming a, a thousand submission moves. It may not even be a top ten submission. Now yeah. that I think about it, like I think just based on who did it, um, that's yeah, the man. Yeah, if the man outmeasures the move, yeah, if the man makes the move. It's not a mentionable move. Right. If the right. move makes the man, like the DDT. Yeah. Um, yeah. If the man makes the move, look at us. <laughs> Goddamn polar. Wheelchair posts. Um, the rock bottom. I'll give credit where credit yeah. is due. Yeah, the rock bottom I thought about. The shatter machine, which of course is the, yeah. uh, the revival's 
basically tag team code breaker. Yeah, yeah. And my number one honorable mention, much love to my main man, the go to sleep. Oh, yes, of course. I wasn't going to super honk and just yeah, put yeah, punk's yeah. move on my list because it's <laughs> a punk move. Um, but yeah. I, I love the GTS. I think it's such a good move. Yeah. It's, you know, invented by Kenta, the former Hideo Itami. Mm-hmm. That, you know, originally that was his move, but uh, god damn, I love it. It's such a good Yeah, move. it's a good looking move. And if yeah. you don't get your hand up, your yeah. nose is broken. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, for as dangerous as it looked, I don't remember anybody really taking a nasty bump from it. I'm sure they did. And of course, you can't do it to everybody. Right. Well, Punk couldn't do it to everybody. Right, right, right. Could Cesaro probably do the go to sleep to the big show? Yeah. Probably. That's actually, I mean, actually the easiest way to hold somebody is across your shoulders. Right, but the whole idea of then, like, yeah. deadlifting then, them yeah, then, up yeah, over then, your head? Yeah. Like, yeah, you'd have to like sneak your head out. You'd break your leg if you tried to if you yeah. drop the big show onto yeah. your leg. Yeah, yeah. Cesaro, who's picked up and yeah. three quarter turn scoop slammed the big show. Yeah. Cesaro could do it. Yeah. Brock could do it to anybody. Yeah. Um Punk not so much. So that's you know, that's really yeah. why it ultimately didn't make my list. Um But just let's so let's do our old recap. So yeah. for Pete. Uh, we had number 10, Razor's Edge. Number 9, KO. Number 8, Styles Clash. Number 7, Stone Cold Stunner. Number 6, Codebreaker. Number 5, Curb Stomp. Number 4, The One Winged Angel by Jazz Hands. Number 3, The DDT. Number 2, The Tombstone. Number 1, The F5. Yeah. My top 10, Tiger Driver 91, Styles Clash, DDT. Oh, by the way, it was named Tiger Driver 91. Mm-hmm. Not because there was 90 other variations. Because he accidentally did it in 1991. <laughs> Tiger Driver 91, Styles Clash, DDT, Pile Driver, Power Bomb, Super Kick, The Cutter, Doomsday Device, F5, and The Battery. <laughs> yeah, my number 10 was Walls of Jericho. Oh no, excuse me, Lion Tamer. Uh, number 9, The Root Awakening. Number 8, The Perfect Plex. Number 7, Super Kick. 6, Power Bomb. Five Doomsday Device, four RKO, three Pedigree, two Stone Cold Steve Honor, and number one. Oh, yeah. What's a Stone Cold Steve Honor? <laughs> Is that what I just said? That's exactly what you just said. Stone Cold Steve, Stu- Steve Stunner. Stone Cold Steve Stunner. I've only had one Miller Lite, I promise. Okay. Stone Cold Stunner, and then uh, number one, Flying Elbow Drop from the yeah. Macho Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I love it. I want more of it. Make it hurt. Yeah. Yeah, make a rap album. So, uh, this was episode 40. Yeah. Drink your handsome Jason's family IPAs. And yeah. Do you have an episode? For, I know we talked about a few different things. Um, yeah. But did, did you have something so, that you felt really... We actually talked about this at the wedding. We did? I, I think we're going to go with it. The top okay. 10 promos... Now, this is individual specific individual promos. one promo. Not the top ten guys that doing a promo. Right, right. This is like a... So you could have the same guy on two or three times if you want. So, I, I kind of want to not do that. Okay. And, I mean, if you... By all means... I mean, we can discuss it. It's, mm-hmm. it's your rodeo this week. Mm-hmm. I've got three CM Punk promos that I love. <laughs> Like so, but I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy, and I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Ultimately, well, we might need. So this one, I think I need time to start. It would be easy to forget. Yeah. Particular promo. So I, maybe this is like a marquee one that we save 
for later on. Um, we, well, if you want to marquee and save it, we got to come up with something else. There, we could do. Pardon? Uh, we could do. Uh, um, we could do the tag team finishers, um, and I know we have some other. It's going to be too late because Survivor Series would have happened. Yes. Um, we could do something Royal Rumble themed. We're getting to that time of year, or Christmas themed. It's a holiday one. Ooh. Um, Someone wanted us to do top ten pregnancies. I was like, "What are you?" <laughs> um, that will tie into our top ten romances, maybe. Or, uh, oh, stay tuned, people. Yeah. May, May Mother's maybe. Day weekend. Mm-hmm. You are going to be treated to the drunkest, <laughs> most nonsensical. Potentially uncensored episode <laughs> of the Ten Count Wrestling Podcast yeah. ever. We're telling you about it now. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. Because Mother's Day weekends, the nuptials are happening, <laughs> and the top ten wrestling couples of all time yes. is happening. Yes. It's gonna be amazing, wonderful, and Inspirational Stephanie. Can you handle it? Yeah. An appearance by the first lady, maybe. We're thinking about it. Yeah. So she's not powdering her nose. Um, Oh, yeah. So we should either do the tag uh, finishers or top 10 Eddie moments or top 10 promos. Any votes? I mean, I think, I think two weeks gives... Because you know me. Yeah. I'm psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text you Sunday Sunday afternoon after the Patriots beat the Cowboys. Yeah. I think that actually should be an 8.30 game, but... Oh, I'm going to so, see you Sunday. Yeah. During Survivor Series, I'll be like, hey, Strum, guess what? Right. My list is done. Yeah. I'm waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I, I Pete's excited for promos. Yeah. I'm excited for talking about the cold-blooded Thothamaker and yeah. doing all kinds of... <laughs> all kinds of impersonations, baby. I'll give Hogan a job. He can drive my limo. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll but, have to find something from him. I, I just... Yeah. Yeah, we can do it. Top yeah, 10 promos. You know, and no no restrictions. Yeah. If, if, you if CM do... Punk shows up on the list a couple of times... Yep. Um, if you want to do 10 Ric Flair promos. Woo! My <laughs> shoes cost more than your house. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, the, the thing about the punk is, obviously the pipe bomb is yeah. incredible. Yep. But he has a Ring of Honor promo that made me love CM Punk. Really? So I might, I might, I might, I might try to keep it to one. Yeah. And like, because if, actually if I keep it to one... You or Pete will put the pipe yeah. bomb on the there list, and I can talk about. I hate you, Raven. Mm-hmm. You're an alcoholic. You drink just like my father. <laughs> oh, there's so. Oh, and I can talk about Raven. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Promos, it is. Top ten promos. Yes. So I uh, want to thank you all for listening, Pete. Thanks for uh, sending in your picks and flaking out on us, <laughs> you fairy. Um, a fairy's not PC. It's 2019. You gender fluid mess. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank our fake sponsor. 
Oh. Handsome Jason's yeah. family style IPA. Yeah, and also shout out to our model on the Ten Count Wrestling page. I've always meant to uh, give her a thank you for being, uh, you know, lovely and and uh, donning the headphones for the Ten Count Wrestling. Oh, on Pod on <laughs> yeah, Podbean. Podbean. I don't know who that girl is, but thanks I for wearing headphones for us. I wish we knew. Um, yeah, so that'll do it. This has been episode forty. Remember. All IPAs taste the same. Oh,